Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the podcast, and today I interview our dear friend and colleague, Fred Joyle. Fred is the co-founder and president of 1-800-DENTIST and one of the most sought-after speakers in the dental community. He just released his latest must-read book, Becoming Remarkable. In this episode, we highlight his book focusing on what it takes to be successful now and in the future. Every dentist and team member should listen and take notes. And now, here's my conversation with Fred. Welcome, Fred. Thank you, Kim. It's great to be on the show. It's awesome to have you back. We love uh, having an old friend back on our Practice Mastery podcast. So, Fred, the last time I saw you in person was at Sarek 30. What an amazing event. Yes, it was. It was probably unprecedented in the dental world. Very exciting time. It was. It was. And your your presentation was awesome. And of course, you released your book, which of course, we're going to talk about on this episode. Um, but what were some of your big, big takeaways from Sarek 30? Well, I, I think that the, what's really happened is that we're seeing this software and hardware really communicating with each other more than ever. And that's really what the big change is for dentistry is the, the, the integration of products. I mean, the Galileo's talking to the CEREC machine, making it possible to basically do a complete single tooth implant in one visit, start to finish, like the patient walking in the door, sitting down saying, I need a, a, an implant in, you know, where 31 used to be. Not that they're going to say that, but that's what they'll basically need. And do a scan, build a guide, do the implant, build the the abutment and the crown all at once. Uh, just kind of astounding. Phenomenal. That, yeah. That's that's where we're at in the technology. So that that always fascinates me because I always like to see how how far and fast the technology can go to make uh, dentistry. Oh, and this is part of what we're going to talk about in my book, because I think that the that we need to be moving in the direction of making dentistry faster, better, uh, more efficient, and more affordable. And that's what the technology like this does, along with running a practice really efficiently. Exactly. Yes. So we will we will jump into some of those changes that are happening in in dentistry that you that you go deeply into in the book. So tell me what's uh, what's the latest with you? What have you been doing these days? Well, uh, we in July, uh, 1-800-DENTIST partnered up with Serona, and we are evolving our brand in the direction of promoting single-visit dentistry. Now, this is going to be a gradual process over the next 24 months, but uh, we so strongly believe that uh, single-visit dentistry is the wave of the future and is probably the most appealing marketing message that's ever come along in dentistry that to go from two visits, you know, using a temporary and wearing it that whole time and then having to come back and have it cut off and, uh, put the, put the crown on to bring that down to one day is hugely appealing to a consumer. And I think it's going to broaden the whole category of dentistry because, People who were reluctant to go because of the time involved and keep putting it off are just going to start going more often and sooner to a dentist. I think it's really going to start a revolution in dentistry, and we're going to start telling consumers about it. We're launching a major broadcast uh, television campaign to promote single-visit dentistry and have them find CEREC dentists through 1-800-DENTIST. So it's a very big and exciting time. And also I'm back running the company again. I think I mentioned that to you last time I saw you. Uh, it's a big change. It is a big change. So that's, so I love it. So you've partnered up with Serona, 1-800-DENTIST, and you're now back running the company. And really, so I've seen some of your hilarious um, uh, advertisements, which I will post on the show notes, um, some of the, the links to those. So yeah, you, you guys are really promoting the single visit dentistry with 1-800-DENTIST. So if you are a CEREC doctor out there, you use that CEREC technology, highly recommend taking a look at 1-800-DENTIST to um, bring some more patients your way. That's awesome. Uh, what else have you been up to, Fred? Well, I mean, 
part of it is, you know, for the last five years, I haven't been running 1-800-DENTIST. We had brought in a private equity firm to buy out my partners and also buy Patient Activator. And uh, they were they had somebody else running the company. And honestly, the, the, the company went off course. And uh, it was getting pretty hard for me to watch. And so uh, what I did is by partnering with Serona, this allowed me to, to take control of the company again and re-engineer it and fix some of the things that had gone wrong and really create the, the 1-800-DENTIST of the, of the future. We're calling it Futuredonics 3.0 because, you know, we're, we have to handle calls a different way and we have to uh, attract a higher caliber of patient. And I think that's what the advertising for single visit dentistry is going to do because people are going to see this as, oh, these are the, the high-tech dentists. And that's, of course, in the, the whole world likes new tech. And so when they think it's finally coming to the dental practice, they get more excited about going to the dentist. So, But even how we sell 1-800-DENTIST, uh, the membership's now going to be back to what it once was, which is a flat monthly subscription. And uh, we're reorganizing the teams and really changing the whole guiding principle of the business to providing productive patients uh, to practices. And I've been working on it for several months and I've got more to do, but it's moving in the right direction. And I'm really excited about uh, the people that are there and how energized they are and how much the culture is, has come right back and the determination and ex excitement to create this business at the next level. So pretty proud of my people. And, and it's got me out on the road a lot talking to dentists about marketing, you know, between the two books. Now I'm talking more and more to dentists about how to create that ideal patient experience and create a practice that uh, will take them well into the future. Absolutely. I love it. Well, what I love about your example of your evolving companies, it just gives our listeners just a taste that, you know, in the out there in the in the world beyond just the dental practice, you know, companies have to change, evolve, and grow. And that's what you've done with 1-800-Dentist. So I'm, I'm really proud of you and really excited about that. The new face of 1-800-Dentist. It's great. And um, you're, you've been on, I've noticed on Facebook, you've been posting that you're on a, a speaking tour with Dr. Mike Detola. Is that right? Yes. Uh, he and I are doing, we're calling it sort of a road show where we're talking to, uh, Seric owners and also people who are interested in that technology uh, and doing a double-sided presentation. He talks about it from the technological and clinical side as a, as a dentist and somebody who's been in the lab business for 15 years. Uh, Mike Detola came from Glidewell for 15 years there, so he's really familiar with the whole crown business. Uh, and so he's come around to really seeing the future of dentistry of being this essentially the being able to restore teeth in the office uh, in one visit. And he talks a lot about it just from a therapeutic standpoint, which I find fascinating is that technically there is no therapeutic value in putting on a temporary. There's no upside for the patient in doing that. And it's not really saving the dentist anytime either. So uh, I find that fascinating. And also I'm talking about the whole marketing advantage of new technology and the urgency to, to evolve as a dental practice for several reasons, but also the huge marketing advantages with CEREC technology, with CAD-CAM technology. Let's go in, into the broadest category of it. By being able to do this, this changes the dental experience in several different ways. Because you know when I talk about marketing, it, it's way more than just advertising. It's everything that gives an impression of what you do and why people should want it. And that happens in the practice. And so using this technology and telling people about it is going to really create a, a whole revolution, I think, in dentistry. It has. A, yes, absolutely. And I love the fact that you and Mike are going on, on a road show together because from um, what we heard of him being the uh, the master of ceremonies at the Sarek 30 event between the two of you, I'm sure it's entertaining and extremely valuable. So that's awesome. I will put the link to that roadshow in the show notes as well. So let's get into the book, Fred. Yes. 
Uh, yeah. So at Sarek 30, you released your second book. And of course, your first book, we don't want to forget, Everything is Marketing, was the Marketing for Dentistry Bible. Um, but I think this is sort of overtaking it. It's really a, taking it to the next level. Let's first talk about the name, Becoming Remarkable. Tell me a little bit about what you're, what you're meaning here. Well, and the subtitle is How to Create a Dental Practice That Everyone Talks About. Um, because really when I use the word remarkable, I mean it, uh, in both senses in the, in the figurative sense of you want to be amazing. You want to give a a unique experience, but you want to be remarkable in that people feel compelled to remark about you, to talk about you, because we live in a world now where word of mouth has turned into word of thumb basically is that when somebody shares information about a business experience, they do it on Google, they do it on Yelp, they use their phone and it's likable and it's shareable. They Obviously, they use in Facebook too, but all of that is searchable, including Facebook, and most importantly, it's undeletable. <laughs> so your reputation is being built online whether you like it or not. And so the more you take control of it and drive that by creating a remarkable experience, the more you will win in this world because you, this, is, this is not a game where you can sit on the sidelines anymore. The, the online world is basically changing how people decide whether to use every business, every service, every brand, every product now. So the book is really goes into detail about how you take it, your practice to that next level and create a remarkable experience. Yes. So you want to be remarkable and you want to have people remark about you. It's awesome. And so what I love about the book, and by the way, I picked a copy up at Sarek 30 and I just devoured it. But what I love about it is not just about marketing. It's about this whole patient experience. And it's a lot about what doctors need to do to stay competitive, of course, in the future. Why don't you talk a little bit about these three tectonic shifts that are happening in dentistry? Yeah, I mean that's that's really why it's dentistry has become a, a, either choose to evolve or expect to fade away, which wasn't always true in dentistry, uh, but it's it's really true now because of these three forces that are causing a tectonic shift in our whole industry. The biggest one, of course, being corporate dentistry. Uh, these are very uh, efficient, effective growing organizations all over the country there some of them are approaching a thousand practices at this point and they grab 50 percent of the graduates from dental school uh, and they're growing at a rate of 15 percent on average and uh, they are well-run businesses that are making it so that you have to decide to figure out how to compete with them effectively or consider joining them. It's another, it's another thing where you can't sit on the sidelines. You need an effective strategy to compete with them and, and create an experience uh, and a practice uh, and all the elements of that practice where they want to be your patient and they don't feel drawn into the, what corporate environment is because the way they're, they're running these practices, they know how to compete. They know how to manage numbers. They know how to manage people. And if you're not doing that or you're falling behind in that or not efficient at those things and not creating a great experience, they're going to make it uh, very hard to hang on to your patients. So that's one of the forces. Um, and, and, of course, this is where uh, a company like Fortune comes in and somebody like you comes in is they need guidance on how to, how to effectively do this. How do they go in and transform their practice so that they are competitive? Uh, it's not something they're just going to come up with in their sleep. It's, it's a very systematic approach and it, and it can be done and you teach people how to do it, but it's, there's, there's a lot of steps involved. Yes. I, my whole thing is doctors, instead of complaining about, you know, corporate dentistry, it just means you have to up your game and all those things you listed in your team and your leadership and the way you deliver your dentistry and your clinical skills, your enrollment skills, you've got to up your game. And so like, uh, you know, we always say if they can put 10 to 15 to 20 percent down to the bottom line, the, uh, our clients should be able to do that as well. So it's not just about becoming more profitable, although that's part of it, but it's delivering that service that they can't get anywhere else. They can't get you anywhere else. So these doctors need to keep that in mind. So what's another, what's another shift that you're seeing, Fred? 
Well, and part of it is what is the whole becoming remarkable principle is that digital communication, how people are sharing information has gone into a, uh, you know, exploded into this whole new environment of social media and online reviews and texting back and forth. I mean, just baseline, how do you communicate with your patients? We have moved in five years to predominantly texting and emailing patients as the most effective way of getting to them uh, and, and confirming them. But beyond that, you know, you need a Facebook strategy. They are one out of four people said they'd be willing to find a dentist through Facebook. Five years ago, that number would have been zero. So that's a that's a pretty big inroad that Facebook has already made already. And and people are are looking at Yelp. And if they don't find reviews for a dental practice on Yelp, they go look for one that has them. Uh, so that's transforming uh, uh, how every business functions. And certainly, it's affecting dental practices because. People are, are looking for reviews. They, they, the millennials and younger uh, are certainly not going to do anything without a review. But the older generations are learning to use these sites as well because it's so easy to do. So that's the second transformation. And the third is technology, uh, how it, both in the dental practice and outside, because the more technology changes outside, the more glaring the lack of new technology appears in a dental practice when they walk in there. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've known dentists who've lost patients just because the, the person said, I haven't seen, this is the same kind of dental practice I walked into when I was 14. Uh, where's the new technology? And there is amazing new technology. Before, it was just a high-speed handpiece, but now there are effective lasers, that, particularly for soft tissue, that are essentially uh, healing and curing perio disease and also making it a lot easier to do surgical stuff. And then, of course, single-visit dentistry with, with CAD-CAM like CEREC uh, and three-dimensional scanning uh, to get that type of imagery and the diagnostic capability, these things are moving rapidly towards being a standard of care, which, you know, used to take half a century to do. Now it's, it's moving much more quickly. Uh, and not learning this technology prevents a practice from competing effectively and being as efficient as they could possibly be. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the technology, it just blows me away. And I've, I've been to a couple of seminars recently where, you know, they're talking about the cone beam technology, being able to diagnose sleep apnea. And of course, placing implants, you're much more accurate. It used to be they, you know, you're, that the doctor was sort of flying blind with placing implants. And now they can see these 3D images. It's just amazing. So I totally agree. And I, it really, it, what it means also is that getting back to your corporate dentistry comments, Corporate dentistry is investing in all of this technology, so our sole providers, our sole uh, dentists have to do the same thing, and they probably have to up their the amount of money that they're spending on technology. So looking at their P&L and then shifting some things around. So Fred, tell me a little bit about, you talked a little bit about the look of a practice, and you talk in your book how there's three types of practices, um, like a teardown, a new build. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a dentist look at his practice and, and uh, you know, front, almost like the, they look at real estate brokers, look at a house when they're putting it on the market. Is it a teardown? Is it a fixer upper? Or is it, is it a brand new walk in ready to live in? Um, and, you know, there's, there's practices in all three categories and know that people who are out there looking to acquire your practice or, or even become an associate in your practice are looking at it that way. And so if your practice is just had, it hasn't added any new technology and the facility still looks like, uh, it, it did when you bought it in 1967, uh, you're pretty much at a teardown level because that's what somebody else is going to do. And they're going to say, well, I'll just, I just want the patients. I don't have any use for this facility. I gotta, I gotta gut it. Um, and so, uh, many dentists are sort of trying to ride out the last 10 years of their career without uh, investing in anything and they won't have a facility or a patient base to sell in 10 years, the way everything is moving. Um, you know, if you're a fixer upper, you've got invested in some technology, your patient base is getting a little young, is starting to bring in young people too. It's not aging with you because that's what happens in a teardown is the patient base, base ages with the dentist. 
you need new blood in a practice uh, so that there's a future to it. Um, but sometimes you just need to remodel the place and add some technology and do some more marketing to refresh the patient base, maybe bring in an associate or two. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in having both genders working in a practice, too. If you're a female dentist, get a male in there and as an associate and, and vice versa because different types of people appeal to, you know, different genders appeal to different patients. And, and there's a, a lot of terrific female dentists coming out of school. It's more than 50% of the graduates now. And uh, I, I have found from a marketing standpoint that that's very appealing. But even something like what reception looks like. I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and, and I know thousands of really well-designed practices. And uh, I have never talked to anybody who said, boy, I wish I hadn't done this, this redesign or this remodel. It's cost me way too much money. They, what they find out is that it pays for itself within a year because your own patients spend more money. Mm-hmm. That's the bizarre twist to it really is you don't even need new patients to respond to it because your own patients go, hey, this is a new facility. I think I'll buy more dentistry. It's kind of wacky, but it's human nature. Exactly. People spend more money in a nicer looking restaurant or a nicer looking store. It's, just, it's the same, same concept. Yeah. That's, that's why Starbucks remodels its stores every four years. It's, not, it's, it's for their own customers to keep to make them feel like they're in a new coffee shop. Right. No, and I brought up the facility because I love that I that concept of, you know, a teardown or a new build. And because I think that people, even if their practice was built maybe in the 90s, they need to definitely um, redo their the inside the facility. Um, and the team, I think also well, the way they're looking and feel, you know, with uniforms and the practice looking very uniform and not looking dated because people are making their judgments when they're in your practice. So um, the physical space was one area I wanted to bring up because this book, of course, is chock full of amazing information. But another area I wanted to focus on with you, Fred, is the patient, that there's the dental patient is evolving. And I know you guys have done a great white paper on this as well, but tell me a little bit about what the, the patient of today and in the future, what they want and what they're looking for. Uh, you know, the, the single biggest shift that we've seen in the past six years now uh, uh, is that patients basically don't want to go out of network. The new patients that we're finding that are calling through 1-800-DENTIST, and I'm talking to dentists too, and they're saying if they have a plan, they want it to pay for as much of their treatment as possible. And it doesn't matter what income level they're at. It's not just that they can't afford it. There's, there's you know, Microsoft employees making 150 grand a year that they have really good dental insurance and they want a dentist who accepts it. So I'm, I'm seeing a trend moving further and further away from a, a pure full fee for service practice. That's going to be a harder and harder model to sustain. And already 86% of dentists accept at least one plan. So it's really moved in that direction, but the patient moved faster in that direction. Uh, they just don't want to go out of network, uh, and, and we'll switch dentists if the dentist stops accepting their plan, um, which, you know, they may come back, may come back if they miss the care at the practice, but it better be exceptional. So I just think, um, you know, I, I'm when dentists are saying to me, "Oh, I think I'm I'm, gonna, I'm ready to go full fee for service." I think that's that's a going to be a really difficult strategy, and it's never going to it's not going to get easier. That you know, 1998 cannot coming back, um, and so uh, you need you need to be become efficient enough to make these these plans work for you because it's going to be what your real revenue is, um, and. You know, the other thing that they want, and I talked about it already, but they want to see the new patient wants to see reviews. They want access to that information and they want to see a steady stream of reviews so they can see what people are thinking about the experience of being your patient. And that doesn't, it's not just Yelp, it's also Facebook because people are gathering and they trust Facebook recommendations three times as much as Yelp recommendations. This is a study I just saw, and it's fascinating because Yelp is strangers and Facebook is your friends. <laughs> I got 4,000 friends, so they're not all my friends on Facebook, but that's how they look. That's the category they lump them in. Interesting. So your strategy has to straddle Yelp and Facebook. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And then also dovetailing with the insurance conversation, I know you, you really talk about how they want an honest conversation about what things are going to cost. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's you, you coach people on this so effectively, but it's very much these two very intangible things that the patient is making their dental decisions on is the trustworthiness of the dentist and the perceived value of the dentistry that they're getting. Both of those things are not factual in nature. They are beliefs that the patient has. They are perceptions that are created by the patient. And that's why you have to always make it clear ahead of time for example, the, what their dental coverage really is and what the cost of everything is and why it costs that. And also take a little time to find out what they're ready. As you know, the trigger with a patient, as soon as they feel like it's about the dentist making more money, the trust goes out the window. So if your presentation is not tailored to find out what the patient's ready to handle and that it's about building the value of taking care of their teeth, but also knowing that not everybody needs perfect dentistry or perfect dentition or the whitest teeth, but they all want to be healthy. And so, and that that's your professional responsibility. It's all in tailoring the conversation to make it very clear to the patient that you don't need to make this money from them now, yes. but there's no upside for them in delaying treatment. Dentistry is uh, is unusual in the body in that it doesn't the teeth aren't going to heal themselves. Anything that's bad now is is going in one direction from here, um, and so uh, the more that the patient understands that and feels like that the dentist is telling them for their own benefit and not for his or her monetary benefit, the more the trust is there. And it's about building building the value of dentistry as a priority in the patient's mind. By, by you know, I don't like to call it educating because I don't honestly think that we – the education – in that sense, changes people's uh, appreciation of dentistry anywhere near as much as just finding out what their understanding is and clarifying it and and reprioritizing and saying you know where you're spending money is isn't getting you the value that this would value. It's just you sort of remind them uh, you know you're going to want to eat for quite a long time right. and you're not going to want to look like you know you're 80 when you're 45 because you're not taking care of your teeth. Those, those are the things that motivate people, not, you, you know, oh, there's micro fractures in, in, in these teeth and it's eventually going to lead to uh, an endodontic therapy. <laughs> right. Uh, that's meaningless to somebody. Even though it's absolutely true. Yes, yes, of course. I, I couldn't agree with you more. We, and what we teach at Fortune, of course, is that people buy for emotional reasons and they back it up with logic. And so you've got to go to those emotional values and connect the treatment, not, not quote unquote, educating people. Yep. The other thing, Fred, that you talk that I just love when you talk about um, reviews, it's not like people are going to say, you know, this person really didn't uh, manage my occlusion before, before putting on these veneers. The patients don't understand those those clinical areas that we understand. They understand. They just know how they feel when they came into your practice or when they left your practice, whether it's good or bad, and that's what they're going to write for their reviews. I love that. Um, the other area that you talk about, which I want to really emphasize because I think it's a missed opportunity with a lot of practices, is convenience. Can you talk a little bit about what you think doctors need to think of in terms of convenience these days? Well, and, and it's, it, this goes back to uh, all three of those forces affecting the practice. Uh, corporate dentistry, they are more convenient. They have more hours. They, have, they do more in the facility. Uh, technology uh, like Sarac makes the practice more convenient. Uh, and that's what's going to get written about is this, 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 when people say this, this practice, I can get in there when I want and I'm out of there in one visit. It all ties together. Convenience works all, all three fronts on a competitive level. And inconvenience is really bad marketing at this point because everything around us is more convenient. I can order a book or a movie uh, or, a, or a song in about eight seconds uh, and have it loading into my phone or wherever the heck I want to watch it. I can tap my phone and have a car come get me. I can tap it twice and have food delivered to me. I mean, and 7-Eleven's open 24 hours a day. Their name doesn't even mean what it was, you know. I mean, it, convenience is everywhere around people. I mean, my bank's open all day Saturday. Even banks aren't working bankers hours. Right. Uh, and, and, but, 
So if a dental practice is not making it convenient, and there's really two reasons for this, is this shift in the patient. They want convenience because they don't want to leave work. And they don't want to take a half a PLD or, you know, uh, personal leave day mm-hmm. to do it twice to go to the dentist. They don't want to do it once, but they sure don't want to do it twice. And so they want early morning hours. They want evening hours. They want Saturday hours. And, you know, I talk about several strategies for, for how to do that in a dental practice because those are premium hours. You may be able to charge, uh, you know, a reservation fee for the premium hours for those patients who want it. They understand that. They understand that convenience comes at a cost. But that's also what's going to keep them in the practice is to say, look, whenever I get a cleaning, I get it done at eight in the morning on my way to work. It doesn't mm-hmm. take out of my work day. That's ever increasing in the value of the practice. And, and so, and, and convenience goes beyond that into my, what I believe is the best strategy to compete with corporate dentistry, which is to have a facility where they never have to leave. There's, if they need endo, it's done there. If they want ortho, it's done there. If they need surgery, it's done there. And that's a combination of technology and uh, enough GPs to fill the schedule and to be open significant number of hours and specialists to, to do and technology to do as much of the work there as possible without them ever having to leave and ideally getting much of it as much of it done as possible in one visit. Because then, you know, and, and you know, we have friends like uh, Dr. Spodak in, in Florida that, that that facility is is the ideal because it's a great facility. It's hyper efficient. The dentists are sharing a Galileo. So they all have use of all of this technology and the patients walk in, love it, never have to leave. Yeah, I. And he's still affordable. <laughs> On top of it, he's still affordable. It's a phenomenal facility and it's all the dentistry is affordable. He takes most of the insurance plans. Absolutely. I know Spodak's practice is, is really a, a, a practice that we could all admire. And I think the multi-specialty is easier than than many doctors think. I mean, I did a podcast with him a couple episodes ago about the multi-specialty practice on this show. And and I, I think doctors or dentists that I talk to, some of our clients, they've got this limiting belief as to how am I gonna how am I gonna do that? And however, when we look at it from the patient's perspective, that is what they want and keeping them there. And of course, then you're probably going to make more money while doing it. Um, but really, it's all about the convenience and building a relationship with those specialists because sometimes the specialists are looking to expand their their businesses as well, and they'd love to partner with you. So it's great. Yeah, and more and more of them are not going to be able to, to maintain a, a full schedule in their own separate facility. They're going to be better off working out of a, a multi-specialty practice. But, you know, this comes back again to, to coaching because, as you say, dentists go, like, well, I don't know how I would do that. You know, the, the struggle for a lot of them is how do they bring in an associate? I was talking to a dentist last night and he said, you know, I've done two associates on a handshake deal and it was just really stupid. <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> yep. didn't work out at all. I mean, there you need this is being done well, but you don't know how to do it and, and without proper guidance. And and company like Fortune can help them choose the right associate, create the right contractual understanding, and 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 then execute the expansion of a practice so that you never go underwater and you and you never you never go too fast and and tip over uh, but you you executed methodically bring in the right people and promote it the right way and and borrow the money in in the right uh, amounts as as you expand the facility um, it, it's all the knowledge is there but uh it's not something you can't look it up on Google. There's no YouTube video for it yet. <laughs> right. uh, although I'm, I'm sure Bernie could make one, but it would be really, really long. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm working with uh, several of my clients on um, mergers, transitions, acquisitions, associateships, and it's actually some of the really enjoyable, fun parts of our, of our job being that key business strategist. So I love it. It's great. Great. Well, Fred, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk to you a little bit about um, how you feel the team needs to look like now and in the future and how you, what you talk about in the book about team. Well, I, I mean, we're all strong believers in uh, creating a culture in, in a practice that is incredibly appealing to the patients and also attracts the best 
co-workers in the environment. And, and the dentist has to understand a dental practice is just too small an ecosystem to have anybody who is not bringing full energy and positivity and commitment and, and helpfulness and compassion uh, to a practice and just basic niceness and friendliness. Uh, these things reverberate not just through the practice, but out to the patients. I tell you, you know, I, I had a talk with a practice because uh, I say, you know, it's a dental practice being five, six, seven people, one person not pulling their weight. It's like a wagon train where the one horse is pulling slightly to the left. You're not, you're, nobody's getting the Santa Fe, you know? Uh, I mean, that's what happens. But when they're all lined up and doing it, it's it's amazing how a practice can run. I had to talk to a practice. They said we had an employee who was what we call, they referred to her as toxic. And they said she had been there for years. She'd really been there a long time. And the dentist was really reluctant to let her go. And then he read my book. And I have a whole section in the book about firing is a, an act of kindness yes. for people both to your coworkers and to that person not doing their job well. And that, that made him make the decision to, to let this person go. His production jumped from 75,000 to a hundred thousand in a month. Wow. And then the next month it stayed at a hundred and the next month it stayed at a hundred. He finally came back and he, to his team and he said, what are we doing? I thought, he says, I thought it was a fluke. I thought we just had a, you know, a big restorative month. But it's consistent. And they, the answer was simple. They just said, she's gone. Mm -hmm. That was all it took because she was infecting everything. She was the, the you know, the nine millimeter pocket in the practice, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I just, I, I, I'm loving that you're really touching on that because I think that that's, we always talk about building this great team and, and, and having this wonderful culture and exactly what you're saying. And, and I'm a business owner, you're a business owner. We've all had to let people go and it, it doesn't feel great. It, it tugs on your heartstrings. You feel bad for that person. But like you say in your chapter here, chapter 22, I've got it right here. It's actually an act of kindness. Yeah. You said for the team and for the person, but also for the patients, because now they're not experiencing that person. It's the hardest thing to do yet it's the one of the smartest things to do in being a business owner. So that whole expression of hiring too quickly and firing too slowly is really rings true in dental practices, doesn't it? Well, and, and as you say, it's so important when you think of your professional responsibility to your patients is to get them to accept the treatment that is the therapeutic best choice for them. It's not going to be that you just present it from a clinical standpoint and they accept it. You have to accept you have to make it acceptable to them in every way possible. And that's why the, the, so much of the book and so much of your focus as a coach is about creating this emotional connection of trust to the practice and comfort in the practice. And then they're going to accept what is best for them. And if you have somebody there who is preventing that from the practice, from being that way, from feeling that way to the patient, then they're not going to have their therapeutic best choice. Um, and because for all the wrong reasons, Certainly, they're all human uh, responses uh, that are, they are not rational. But at the same time, if you're trying to give your patients the best treatment, you you have to provide the most fertile environment for them to accept. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's really about being honest about those toxic toxic uh, team members. And of course, at Fortune, we always want to you know, elevate the standard of what we're looking for and let people rise to the occasion because some people will surprise you. Some people will, just with a little coaching and a little shift of their mindset and their state management, they can really shift to become superstars. Um, but we give them that opportunity. But if they're not rising to the occasion, then they probably need to find themselves a new dental home. And there's a plenty of other mediocre practices out there that can hire them. That's what I always say. <laughs> yes. And, and our happy to underpay them right that's right. Uh, right exactly that's an important point too is that it's many times it's not about firing them it's that you haven't 
properly coach them. They haven't, their, your expectation has not been spelled out. And we all do this too, as business owners is, is we pay people and we expect them to do everything right, but we don't tell them what we expect. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. Uh, if, if you don't, if you're not clear on your expectations from someone, they do what they think they should do or what they feel like doing or what's the easiest thing to do. Exactly. Um, it, you really have to be clear with people. And then you have to say, if this doesn't happen, if you don't become like this in 90 days, they will be your last 90 days. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's funny, we mentioned Craig Spodak again on the podcast I recorded with him. He talked about, you know, one of the things that makes him such a great leader is that he is relentlessly repeating himself about what his expectations are. I think too often doctors think that they just told them once, don't they remember? It's a very small percentage of people on this planet that can be told something once and remember it 100% for the future. People need to be told yeah. again and again what your expectations are, what your vision is. Haven't they had teenagers? Don't haven't they been teenagers you know let's get real about this exactly i we we don't remember anything once right that's why you know there's 15 bud light ads on on every super bowl because people need to hear things multiple times right so i think i think (laughs) (laughs) so i i think that first of all it starts with knowing what your ideal team looks like. Like, what do you want your patients to experience when they walk through your door? What do you want that customer service to be like? Is it is it like Walmart? Is it going to be like Nordstrom? Is it going to be anywhere in between? You get to choose. That's what I always tell my clients. You get to choose how you want your patients to be to experience your practice. But then you've got to communicate that to your team and practice it and role play, and so that there's no um, unmet expectations because that's what always causes most upsets: miscommunication and unmet expectations. So, and this kind of goes into what I wanted to talk about next and kind of finally here is is you you touched on of course we're we're all at Fortune we're big fans of Simon Sinek and his book um about you know finding your why and knowing your why and you really have have a great chapter about that. Let's talk a little bit about doctors finding their why and their vision for their practice and their life really. Well, and this is true of, of any really successful business, uh, especially smaller businesses, uh, you, you know, that, that don't have a giant corporation that can drive profit in, in, and hire Harvard MBAs to run the place and everything. Uh, and even then, I think the business needs to know why they're doing it and the people need to know why they're showing up every day. And uh, one of the things that uh, Mr. Sinek always talks about and and I'm a, a firm believer in my own business is is when money takes over as the first priority uh, the downward spiral begins uh, and it's there's no turning back until you abandon that as your priority and it's easy in that mode and forget that the real reason you're doing it is uh, to be a doctor to to be a dental assistant and assist in getting somebody dentistry to to be a front desk person that encourages people to come in as often as they should uh, to be an office manager that creates an environment where everybody feels that they're doing their best and that they're helping the most people possible. When your why is helping people, that's a fulfilling day. That's a satisfying month. That's a that's a a, a rewarding year for everybody. Uh, and in dentistry, it's it's there's another level to it because you're helping people in often in spite of themselves because they don't appreciate the value of dentistry. That they have all of these bizarre issues about money and discomfort and fear and all these drivers that are preventing them from doing what they should. And so your challenge is to help them despite their confusion or their uh, misconceptions or their fears or their misprioritized values. And when you learn how to do that, when you know that's what what you're doing and uh, why you're doing it, then the success of the practice comes automatically. My whole business is run from my 
principles, which is money is the third priority. The first priority is a great place for everybody to come to work because that reverberates through everything. The second priority is that everybody has to win. The dentist has to win. The patient calling in has to win. My employees and I have to win. Everybody, it can't be one loser in the mix. And, and then third is let's be profitable. But being profitable doesn't work its way up to the top and trump integrity and all of those things. And it's not our why. It's a byproduct of doing the first two things. And when your team is clear on it, and when you're clear on it, and, and you know, in the book, I go into detail about how do you get clear on your why for yourself personally uh, and for your business? And how do you make sure your team knows why they're there? and why you want them there, and why the practice is there. And, and just like we're saying, and remind them. Remind yourselves and remind them. And, and it, it's, it will transform a business. When you, when you feel like you've lost your way on that, or, or everybody's unclear on why they're doing it, and you can go around and ask everybody, why are we here? What do we do? What's, what's, the, what's the purpose of this practice? Yes. And if all the employees go, oh, well, to make you rich, doctor, uh, you know, you got a problem. <laughs> sure. But if they say, you know, to, to, to treat as many of these people as we possibly can and give them the best dentistry we possibly can and get them to appreciate the quality of the dentistry offer and, and, and accept the most treatment possible for their own good, yes. that's a why. Exactly. That's a, that's a team that's, that's unstoppable. That's, you know, th th there's, there's a future for that practice that, you, that you, nothing will prevent from, from thriving. Oh, 100%. I love it. And, and if for those of you who are listening and you haven't heard of Simon Sinek, you can see his TED Talk at TED.com and watch the um, Start With Why TED Talk. And also you could read the book. And it's, it's excellent because it really helps you break down. It's not just what we do and, and how we do it, but it's why we do it. That's really the crux of it. So thank you for sharing what your, what your why is, Fred. And we have, of course, a real strong why here at Fortune as well. Um, so I, I agree that communicating that to your team and having them and then having them say so how can you what are you going to do in the practice today that moves us towards our why or towards our vision because and getting them to use their critical thinking skills and well, what are you going to do differently that's going to help us move towards this that's what's going to make your practice grow so i love it awesome well fred this is such a a, a gift this book is such a gift to the dental industry as a whole it's 300 pages full of just great ideas it is a must not a should it is a must read for all of our practices all across the country and not just for the doctors i'm having every team member read this and um, if they want to do maybe a book report on a different section there's a lot of creative ways that you can get your team involved with reading this book and reporting back to the rest of the team because as we know, when we, when we read something and learn something, it only goes so far. But then when we have to turn around and teach it to someone else, we learn it at, at a much deeper level. So, uh, so my 2016 projects with my clients is to read the book and have everyone read the book and do book reports at a team meeting. Um, do you have any other suggestions on, on how, how practices can really implement some of these ideas? Yeah, a number of practices really take it a chapter at a time and, and do it almost like a book club. And a lot of times it's good to read the book first and then go, OK, we're going to go back and we're going to this week. We're going to talk about this chapter and this week. And, and don't just talk about it. Come away with two or three specific actions and commitments that, that people are going to make uh, as, and start to infuse that into the fabric of the practice. Because you'll see the changes. And it's, all, it's also important to say, what do we need to do next? And of course, that again comes back to coaching where, where you can come in from the outside and say, look, before you guys do anything else, you have to focus. This, this reception needs remodeling or this person's got to go or you need let's get some uniforms here or let's wash the windows, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or maybe it's more involved. Maybe it's like I'm, I'm looking at your lab bill and it's it's really time to incorporate CEREC into your practice or something like that. So it's and then what else does that mean? It's not just buy a piece of technology. It's okay. How does the team adapt this technology and how do they tell the patients about it? So it's all of this stuff is, is going step by step through it, but they can, they can get the book as, uh, as 
you may put out, out on there, but uh, the website that they get it from is my blog site, which is goaskfred.com. Uh, and there's a purchase the book page. And if they use Fortune in all capital letters as the discount code, the book is $10 shipped, as many as they want, because you want the whole team to have them. Um, and it, it's, it's on Kindle as well. And I just recorded the audiobook, so it'll be on Audible uh, by uh, sometime in December. Oh, um, if, awesome. I may have to breathe a little fire on somebody to get that done, but that's what I'm <laughs> shooting for. Okay, great. So essentially what you're saying is there's no excuse. <laughs> you're giving us a discount code. You, I'll put that in the show notes along with the website where you buy the book, a hard hardcover. So Fortune, you'll put the discount code in to get it for 10 bucks. I agree, buy it for all your team members. You can also get it on your Kindle or your Nook, whatever your maybe your digital reader is. And you can get an audiobook while you're driving to work every day. You can listen to listen to it. So that is, that's amazing. There's no excuses, right, Fred? Nope. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about the book? Well, I, I think that the, the reality of dentistry is we're coming into the most abundant period ever uh, because of uh, all of the, the, the positive things that are happening. People are going to be living longer. The baby boomers are inheriting the largest transfer of wealth in the history of mankind. Uh, and they're going to want their teeth and they're not going to want dentures. Uh, and the technology is po- making it possible to be uh, faster, better, uh, more efficient. And I think if you do those things and make dentistry more affordable, all the convenience and the affordability won't keep you from being more profitable if you have the right coaching. Uh, and it's going to make more people go to the dentist because it is more convenient and more affordable. I think that it's a great time, but it's it's not something where you can not evolve. It's not a situation where if you're if you're unwilling to change and evolve and grow and expand your uh your approach to dentistry that that it's you're not going to be in a good position uh you're not going to be able to coast uh you know this is you know spiraling up or spiraling down there's no way to to ride to coast through the middle it's a great way of coming and uh you know it just depends how well you surf Great metaphor. I love it. Being the LA boy that you are. <laughs> I love it. You know, it is it is an amazing time to be in dentistry. I always say that um, the technology is changing. The um, Just like all the things that you said, the, the way we can deliver it, the team that you can create. Um, and it's just, it's exciting time. So thank you so much for sharing some time with me and, your, and our listeners. Thank you for who you are in, in the world of dentistry. And I look forward to seeing you next time, Fred. Thank you very much, Kim. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com.